Blue Wire. The San Diego Chargers select Joey Bosa. Oh, here comes Bosa! The Los Angeles Chargers select Derwin James. Welcome back, everyone, to the Powder Blue Review. As always, I am your host, Michael Peterson, and this is the second episode this week. Obviously, we started doing two episodes a week when the regular season started, and today, guys, we got a couple things to go over. Obviously, we are going to preview this week's matchup with the 1-4 and four Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to go over our three things to watch for in this game. We're also going to talk about Pouncey's injury. We're going to talk about Hunter Henry coming back to practice, other notable things on the injury report so far this week, and who we believe are probably going to be the two most likely players to come off IR this season. As always, guys, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at ZoneTracks. That's spelled Z-O-N-E. T-R-A-C-K-S. Head on over to Bulls from the Blue. That is SB Nation's Los Angeles Chargers blog where I am the deputy manager. And actually, I always forget it. Uh, Go ahead and follow the PB Review Podcast Twitter handle. Again, that is the Twitter account for this podcast. Guys, last week was pretty stressful. This past Sunday was stressful. This past episode earlier this week was super stressful. I know I went on a little bit of a rant. Some people may have agreed or or disagreed with some of my statements. Um, I was hot. I'm not going to lie. And I think I was about as hot as the rest of the Charger fan base. And sometimes you say some things that might be a little out of context or, you know, just kind of off the top without thinking too much about it. But I think that's what we all needed, especially after a game as bad as the Denver game. Uh, But we're going to go ahead and get this episode started, guys. We've got a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. We're going to go ahead and start off with the injury report up to this point. I am recording this on Thursday. It's the middle of the day to get this out for you guys to have Friday and Saturday prior to game day on Sunday. And as of right now, the injury report is only for Wednesday. That's all we have at the moment. And as things stand, uh, practice is actually just beginning here um, on Thursday. But as of Wednesday, Nasir Adderley, Michael Badgley, Melvin Ingram, Justin Jackson, and Andre Patton were all non-participants in practice on Wednesday. As far as limited participants, we have Casey Hayward and we have Hunter Henry. And how good does it sound to hear Hunter Henry as being any form of a participant in practice? That's amazing. Uh, I don't know if we should be iffy on Casey Hayward at all. I know he was limited heading up to like the Dolphins game. I think he was limited last week as well. I think it's just precautionary reasons. He is for sure going to play on Sunday. And full participants that are noted, uh, Ty Long, kicker punter, probably, again, isn't going to kick field goals. They got McLaughlin in for that. It's going to be back to punting. And Denzel Perryman is a full go as well. I know. I think he had a scary um, hit or something. He was down after a play uh, against Denver, but he will be just fine. Now, bigger injury concerns. Obviously, the huge news coming out this week uh, about player injury was Mike Pouncey. And I'm not sure when at all during the game against Denver it actually happened or what technically happened but he went out of the game he was on the sideline wasn't wearing his helmet but he just never came back in and they had Dan Feeney kick into center and they had Forrest Lamp play left guard and now it's been officially announced that Pouncey will be placed on IR and he is done for the year he will have neck surgery sometime within the near future now when I 
said I would sell my soul to have Forrest Lamp in the starting lineup. This isn't exactly what I meant, nor did I believe this would ultimately be the cost to have that happen. Feeney kicks in at center, but now because of this, we finally get to see Forrest Lamp as a starter along this offensive line. Now, it would have been cool if he earned it, you know, without any of these other injuries, but we're finally going to have, we've had five games so far, we've got 11 games left, all with Forrest Lamp going to be a starter, barring injury, knock on wood for that. But how amazing is that? After two years, after at least two years, we finally get to see Forrest Lamp in the starting lineup. It's absolutely amazing. And again, if you're as big of a fan of his coming out of college through the draft process, especially the last couple of years, man, like I'm talking about, I cried, almost cried when Forrest Lamp tore his ACL. It was absolutely horrendous. Oh, it was so bad. It was just a gut punch among gut punches. I couldn't believe it. And then, you know, he didn't win a starting position last year. Couldn't believe it. They had a successful season. I get it. You don't want to fix what's not broken, but it's not like the offensive line was still that great. They were winning games, but I still think that was not exactly just because of the offensive line. So again, silver linings, uh, Forrest Lamp's going to be a starter. We're going to get to watch a lot of 77 going forward, and hopefully he can show us something against this Pittsburgh Steelers front that is one of the best that they will see. Guys like uh, Javon Hargrave, Stephon Tuitt, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward. I mean, they've got a heavy hitter, heavyweight lineup along that front seven, especially with rookie uh, up-and-coming linebacker Devin Bush. I know they got Mark Barron, who's not too good, um, but it's a formidable front seven, and I'm really, really excited to see how Forrest Lamp does against this defense. Now, I mentioned earlier we're going to go over two players that are likely the two to return from IR this season. And obviously, Derwin James is one. Um, And the next one, I believe, is going to be Adrian Phillips. Uh, I think, obviously, Derwin needs to come back. He is arguably the best defensive player on this Chargers team. And then Adrian Phillips plays such a key role on special teams and in certain defensive packages like nickel, dime, and dollar and stuff like that when they try to flood the field with more athletic defensive backs in place for linebackers. So obviously, I believe Phillips is going to be that second guy to come off of IR. And uh, hopefully, you know, that happens, you know, in the next month. Hopefully we start getting some guys back, maybe win the next two. All of a sudden you're four and three. At least you have a winning record and you can kind of start to maybe string some wins together and finish strong through the rest of the season. Again, knock on wood, barring any more serious injuries to this team. Because honestly, I don't know what else this team can handle in terms of injuries. It's, it's such a skeleton squad as it is. I just, I don't even want to imagine. I don't even want to begin to think about it. Moving on to this week's game preview. It's going to be a weird one. I, I guarantee you when this game was scheduled two months ago that people probably thought this was going to be one of the best matchups of the year, and especially why they put it on Sunday Night Football. But all of a sudden, you have a 2-3 and three Chargers team and a 1-4 and four Steelers team with their third-string quarterback. Not exactly what's going to bring the viewers to Sunday Night Football more so than any other Sunday Night Football game. But looking at this Steelers team, so it's headed by quarterback Devlin Hodges. He's a rookie at a Samford University that is a D1AA or FCS school. But this guy is a baller in their last game uh, in replace of Mason Rudolph after he was knocked out, unfortunately. He completed seven of nine passes for 68 yards and then carried the ball twice for another 20 yards. So all of a sudden you realize like 
he's not, you know, it wasn't a huge workload or anything. He didn't get to do much, but seven of nine for 68 yards uh, against the Ravens team isn't too bad. So all of a sudden you're like, I probably can't take this guy. Um, you know, I, I gotta, can't underestimate him. I can't play down to his competition. I, I've got to be prepared as if he was another starter in this league. So look at this. He was uh, the Walter Payton award winner last year at the FCS level. And that is the D1AA version of the Heisman Trophy. He threw for 14,584 yards at Sanford, which now is the FCS record for career passing yards. He also threw for 111 total touchdowns. Three-time Southern Conference Offensive Player of the Year. So this guy knows how to win. He knows how to put up yards and points. And quite frankly, I think the kid's a baller. I've watched some of his tape. The dude, a little bit of a gunslinger. He's mobile enough to make stuff happen. I think he's going to be a really good player, and I think give him you know a week to prepare. And if it you know it, it doesn't seem to be too big of a challenge for this young guy, um, I think we may be in for a surprise on Sunday night. Looking at the rest of the team, obviously James Conner is their leading rusher. He has 58 carries for 194 yards and two scores. While also, and this is weird for James Conner, but he has almost as much receiving yards as he does rushing yards. He has 19 catches for 153 yards and another score. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, their number one receiver, 24 catches, 333 yards and two scores. Their second receiver is Deontay Johnson so far, 18 catches for 198 yards and a pair of scores as well. And then their tight end, Vance McDonald, again, kind of one of the underrated guys in the league at his position, 13 catches for 122 yards and two scores as well. Now, the offense is kind of whatever at this point for the Steelers. Obviously, they lost A.B. Um, they're on their third quarterback. So I don't know if that's going to be the most dangerous thing in the world, the thing that Chargers fans and the team themselves have to pay a lot of time and uh, preparation for it. But this defense is something else. Now, I went over here and I was looking at their stats just to kind of see what we can expect. Guys, this whole defense, especially their front seven, is just packing the stat line. So just get a whiff of all this. So I talked about Devin Bush. He's a rookie linebacker out of the University of Michigan. He currently leads the team with 45 total tackles. He has a sack, three and a half tackles for loss, an interception, and three fumble recoveries. Then you move down to some of the veterans. You've got Cameron Hayward, 25 total tackles, three and a half sacks, two, excuse me, five and a half tackles for loss, and one forced fumble. You got Bud Dupree, outside linebacker, 22 tackles, three and a half sacks, four tackles for loss, and a forced fumble. Stephon Tuitt, who's having a hell of a year right now for the Steelers, is uh, 22 tackles, three and a half sacks, six and a half tackles for loss. And then you can't forget about TJ Watt, 17 total tackles, but still has three and a half sacks, six and a half tackles for loss, one forced fumble, two fumble recoveries, and an interception. Now that is a mouthful. And I, you know, I wrote all this down because I, I thought it was so crazy. But then I went ahead and wrote down, you know, the Chargers stats as well and our top defenders. And guys, there's nowhere close. We have one guy with over three sacks. We have one guy with over three and a half tackles for loss. They've got five. Five guys with over three and a half tackles for loss. They've got four guys with at least three sacks. That's crazy. This is as throwback as a regular Pittsburgh Steelers defense can be. It is just, they're always good on defense. It's a rough, tough, blue-collar defense, and... It's going to be scary, honestly, again, with our offensive tackles and Scott and Tevi. 
And then Mike Pouncey not being able to be there. Uh, it would have been cool to, again, have one more game against him and his brother. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. Looking at the Chargers. Looking at the Chargers, we've got Phillip Rivers, 1,465 yards so far, seven touchdowns to four interceptions. Now, the craziest thing about these four interceptions is that three of them have been in the end zone. Three of his four interceptions, not just in like the red zone or close to the end zone, in the actual end zone. I mean, that's, oh my goodness, that plays such a huge role in this team being two and three. It does. Like, and Rivers has played really good football aside from these three interceptions in the red zone. It's absolutely insane. It's just crazy to think about what could have been, you know, if he threw one, two less than what he has. It's whatever. It's just crazy. Austin Eckler is still as much of a do-it-all back as he was to start the season. 227 yards rushing on the ground for three touchdowns, but he's sitting as the team leader in receptions with 39 receptions for 356 yards and another three touchdowns. Allen is still the leading receiver on the team. He's second with their 38 catches. Still has 470 yards and three scores. Hopefully he can kind of get back on track against this leaky uh, Pittsburgh secondary. He's kind of calmed down the last couple weeks. And some of that can be said about being double teamed. And Chris Harris is a good cornerback. But it's just not something that I want to use too much as an excuse. If he's as good of a receiver as we think he is, he'll find a way. And I think Phil Rivers is going to uh, really be a big hand in helping him do that. Mike Williams still hasn't found the end zone yet, has been beat up uh, over the last couple weeks, only missed one game, and that was the Miami Dolphins game. He is sitting with 14 catches for 231 yards on the season, again, no scores. And the defensive side of the ball, so these are your three biggest standouts on defense so far, and just in terms of like stuffing the stat sheet, just for comparison, you guys obviously heard what I just said about all these Steelers defenders, now listen to this, Joy Bosa is second on the team right now with 25 total tackles. He leads the team with three sacks, and he leads the team with six tackles for loss. The next closest for tackles for loss are both King and Uchenna Nwosu. Both have have three and a half tackles for loss. King has 15 tackles on the year, two and a half sacks, all of which came against the Miami Dolphins. Uchenna Nwosu, 16 tackles, has the one sack that he got, uh, I think he just got it against the Denver Broncos, and three and a half tackles for loss. He had a heck of a game against the Broncos. Unfortunately, that was in a losing effort. Uh... It's pretty crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And there's no other stat lines. No one else has more than uh, one and a half sacks. No one else has more than one and a half tackles for loss. Uh, There's quite a few people who have one interception. But these are your three best defenders so far through the first five weeks of 2019. And uh, we're going to need them. We're going to need more of these guys if the Chargers want to get back in the win column and consistently stay uh, in the win column going forward. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every website on a daily basis is impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for a free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up, and it's free. Sports.axios.com. Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even happens. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content. 
delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try for free. Type in free99 at sports.axios.com. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I personally love Harry's because it gives me a close shave, an easy glide, and that low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's essentially is a return to the essential. Quality, durable blades at a fair price, and I mean, at $2 a blade, you really can't go wrong there. It's just super convenient. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door, on your schedule, with or without a subscription. And there's no risk for you guys to try them out for free. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll always give you a full refund. Listeners of my show can redeem their Harry's trial sets at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, a rich lathering shave gel with alloy to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. As always, we're going to go ahead and finish with my three things to watch for against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And number one is something we've already touched on, but I really can't stress this thing enough. We cannot underestimate the play of 13 quarterback Devlin Hodges. He's a rookie. I get it. He showed enough flash against the Ravens that this kid might be a player. And again, he's got the experience, the pedigree, the resume to to back everything up. And obviously, the Steelers loved him more than Josh Dobbs, who they traded away to the Jacksonville Jaguars earlier this season when Nick Foles went down with that injury. I just, that's the worst case scenario, I guess. You know, when I when I let the pessimism out and imagine, you know, how this game could possibly go wrong, that's what I see. I see Devlin Hodges going out there and picking this defense apart and for some reason this team not able to get their offense off the field with a third string quarterback at the helm. That's just super scary and the number one thing that I really, really hope isn't the case on Sunday. Number two is going to be Melvin Gordon's usage. Now, Everyone, I believe, felt the same way about his usage on this past Sunday against the Broncos, and it's that it was too much. It seemed like they were forcing him to get the ball because they just said they were going to, even though it it just looked super forced. They were uh, being super conservative on the ground, and obviously that led to nothing. He looked like a guy who missed a bunch of time. He looked rusty. He looked indecisive behind the line of scrimmage. He finished with 12 carries to Eckler's three for 31 yards, and then caught four passes for another seven yards. So he had 16 touches and amassed 38 yards from scrimmage. While Austin Eckler received just three carries, he only took those for seven yards, um, but he did catch 15 passes for 86 yards. And now someone asked Lynn after the game, I think it was the day after the game, asked him why Eckler only got three rushes. Well, Lynn just thinks of, you know, the touches as being the main thing. You know, he had 18 touches, which were two more than Gordon's uh, 16, even though three of those were rushes and 15 uh, were catches. So, and what's scary again is yesterday, so that being Tuesday, I received an update from ESPN on the fantasy app, and it said that Gordon will likely have an increased workload going into this Sunday. And I'm like, that's the last thing we want to happen. We want Gordon to get the ball less. 
And now if they do the same stuff, try to force Gordon into getting the ball and making him the guy to help lead the team to victory, I think that's a quick recipe for a loss, or at least a very frustrating game. Either or, I really don't want to do this again (laughs) two weeks in a row against an inferior team. So again, number two, Melvin Gordon's usage. Are they going to increase it? Are they not? We'll see. And last but not least, the Chargers have to start hot like they've done in weeks one, three, and four, and hell, even two, because in week five, they didn't score a single point in the first half. And I think the graphic said while we were watching the game that it was the first time in 55 games that the Chargers didn't score in the first half. That's incredible. So if you look back at weeks one through four, in week one, they scored 17 points. In week two, or excuse me, this is in the first half. 17 points week one in the first half, 10 against the Lions in the first half, and then 17 again in week three and week four against the Houston Texans. So three of the first four games, they scored at least 17 points in the first half. And then they went out against the Broncos and scored zero. And obviously we saw how close those games were um, against the, excuse me, the Colts, the Texans, um, and the Lions. They can score points. They can score points. It puts them in a good place. But that second half is killing them just as much as their first half did against the Broncos. So they have to start hot. Get 17 points on the board. Get at least three scores on the board. Put some pressure on the Steelers to make you know their third string quarterback play quarterback. You know, don't let them have success on the ground with James Conner and Benny Snell. I believe Jalen Samuels will be out uh, this week. I think he's out a couple weeks actually. They cannot let this quarterback get away with making it easy on himself. So uh, again, my three things to watch, cannot underestimate Hodges, Melvin Gordon's usage, are they going to increase it or not, and then they how the Chargers start, they've got to start hot. So those are my three things to watch for for this week, and with that brings the end of this episode, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, we got a big Sunday night football matchup coming up on Sunday. I am super stoked about it. I hope you guys are as well. And as always, guys, this has been Michael Peterson. Please go follow me on Twitter at Zone Tracks. Again, that's spelled Z O N E T R A C K S. Go follow the podcast Twitter handle at PB Review Podcast. Go to Bulls from the Blue. Read some articles, comment. Let's have a conversation. And overall, guys, subscribe, leave a five-star review wherever you listen to to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, all those places. We're everywhere. Um, Just absolutely cannot wait for Sunday. It's going to be awesome. So once again, I'm your host, Michael Peterson, and I will see you guys next week, hopefully, for Victory Monday podcast.